Hello and welcome to the Just Jets podcast, episode number 153. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you here for the next little bit. We're going to talk about the Jets quarterback search and how the Aaron Rodgers rumors are really what's heating up this week. We're going to get into the playoffs, my take on what's going on there, and of course your voicemails. But before all of that, a word from our sponsors. Over at Manscaped, breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the beard trimmer allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping on any single thing on the site. Whether you want the lawnmower, whether you want the beard hedger, whatever you want, men's grooming, Manscaped got you covered. Make sure to pick yourself up something nice. All right, let's hop into today's episode. We have a lot to get into today. There are a ton of rumors circulating about one Aaron Rodgers. And just the Jets' whole quarterback search. It's going to be a long offseason of that, more than likely. But it's still worthwhile, at least in my opinion, to continue to talk about as, one, until it's figured out. And then number two, the more information we find out, the more information I think it's you know worthwhile to talk about. So we'll start with Aaron Rodgers, because that's really the big one that's been focused on the last little bit here, whether it be Ian Rappaport talking about that, they absolutely would consider a, a trade, an Aaron Rodgers trade of the Packers finally trading him away, um, or whether it be Schefter, who he reported, Adam Schefter of ESPN was reporting that the Green Bay Packers would not trade Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. That was the real big one, one of the most recent ones that came out because obviously they're quarterback needy teams all around the league, but that eliminates some of the teams like the Saints, or Washington, um, Tampa Bay, if Tom Brady were to leave, uh, San Francisco, you know, any of these teams, not that San Francisco's quarterback needy, but they're always kind of linked to uh, a veteran in Tom Brady. So not necessarily that Aaron Rodgers would be, you know, the perfect fit there, but there are, there are absolutely teams around the league in the NFC specifically where you could see like, okay, understand why they might be in the mix for a veteran. Uh, but that's, you know, scratched off the list. So in the AFC, okay, you got have the Jets. That's probably it in the AFC East. All signs are indicating that Miami's bringing back Tua. Uh, Bill O'Brien was just hired by the New England Patriots. So I would imagine that they're going to try to, you know, reclaim or, or fix up Mac Jones a little bit, which, uh, you know, you invest a first-round pick in a guy and you're going to bring in uh, a coach to try to fix him, get that. In the South... The Titans, maybe. I, I guess the Titans would really be the only team that makes sense. Uh, Indianapolis and Houston are pro- are more than likely going with the rookie quarterback route. So I don't really think Aaron Rodgers is uh, a threat from any team in the AFC South. AFC West, the Raiders, I guess, right? The Raiders, would they're, they're moving on from Derek Carr. The, the Chargers, no. The Chiefs, no. The Broncos can't. They'd like to, but can't. That's who they wanted last year. That's why they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And in the North, I guess it's dependent on what happens with Lamar Jackson. If they're trading him away, then maybe they would be the Baltimore would be in the mix there. But if not, Cincinnati, no. Pittsburgh, no. 
and Cleveland can't because they gave uh, Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money. So doesn't leave you a ton of options there if they were to move him. Now, there's no guarantee that they move him. He could say, you know, I want to come back and play, but I'd only play for the Packers. That's absolutely on the table. There's rumors that Green Bay is looking for two first-round picks, which, you know, in in theory, two first-rounders looks like a lot. Uh, I don't know how thrilled I would be with that one. It's, again, that's complicated, the two first-rounders. I also saw a report online saying that it could look like a day two pick, so a second or third rounder this year, and then a conditional first round pick for 2024. I'd be more willing to do something like that. But I see, you know, constantly when specifically talking about Aaron Rodgers, they say, I don't want that $60 million. Well, $60 million is not his cap hit. What he is owed money wise and cap hit are two very, very different things. And over the cap had a really good article. We did a video on it. Uh, yesterday, if you didn't see it, but pretty much over the cap, talked about what a trade would look like. And for the team trading for Aaron Rodgers, so let's just use the Jets as this example, the cap would be $15.8 million in 2023 and then $32.5 million in 2024. There would be dead money involved after that uh, if he were to play those two years and then retire after two years, it would be a $30.242 million dead cap hit in 25-26, which obviously that's not ideal. But if you win a Super Bowl over that first, you know, in the two-year run that you have with Rodgers, I think you sign up for it, right? But it, it really is dependent on what the cost is. I, I understand the apprehension from the, the crowd who doesn't want to give up the multiple firsts. I, I get it. If a one first and, a, and, a, and a, sec, a, a second or third this year and a first round in next year in 2024, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I understand the apprehension with giving up the, the multiple first round picks plus. Now, other names on the list that's been rumored, Derek Carr, what we found out, most recently with Carr is that the Raiders are going to try to trade him. There's no guarantee that he does get traded, but what we do know is he will either be traded or cut within days of the Super Bowl. So I'm pretty sure February 15th is the cutoff point, right? It's on the 12th, the Super Bowl this year. I believe. Let's do some quick little math here. Yep, the 12th. So by that Wednesday, February 15th, would be when you really when you know about what's happening with Derek Carr, whether he be a free agent or traded. The teams that are supposedly interested in him, there's three teams that come up. The Jets, the Commanders, and the Saints. Now, all three of those teams, you can make a strong case, need quarterback help. The Jets of those three probably have the most talent? Uh, well, no, I guess I shouldn't say that because the Saints have Kamara uh, and o Olave is a, is a pretty nice wide receiver to have going there. But the problem with the Saints is they're $58 million over the cap for next year. Obviously, the cap, you can manipulate it. You can get it down to a number to fit in there, but that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. Commanders, kind of in a similar boat as the Jets. Good defense. Don't really have a quarterback. Do have some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Um, 
But it does feel like it's going to come down to those three teams. I don't really see anybody else getting in on the mix. Tennessee, if they move on from Tannehill, eh, I don't know how likely that is. I think, though, again, those three make the most sense. If I was predicting for what's the most likely, I think the Jets are Carr's most likely destination. But, hell, would it be shocking if Woody went really wanted to go all in on Aaron Rodgers? For, to me, no. That seems like the, something that Woody Johnson would very much so put his stamp of approval on. Uh, and then the last guy, really, before we get into uh, just the NFL playoffs in general and how that's been going is Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson talks have really seemed to fade away a little bit over the last uh, little bit because supposedly John Harbaugh was saying, well, John Harbaugh did say this, not supposedly, but John Harbaugh said that they are going to try to, or they're going to use, rather, Lamar Jackson as a part of their search. So Lamar's our quarterback. He's going to be part of the search to replace uh, uh, the offensive coordinator. We're going to include him in that decision. Well, yeah, he still has to get paid. But it feels like they are eventually going to get to that point where Lamar is is figured out. And uh, I get it. Lamar is a very polarizing one. You have people who love Lamar and want Lamar here this second, and then you have others who can't stand Lamar and don't want any part of him. To be honest with you, middleman Matt's going to take the stance. I hate both both sides of those arguments. I hate the the one side that completely discredits everything he's done, where he's oh he's only a running quarterback he can't throw. Uh he he can he he can throw. Uh, his offensive coordinator Greg Roman is pretty much a strictly run guy. He doesn't like to throw. He hasn't whether it was in San Francisco or Buffalo or with the Ravens. Guy is always at the top half of the league in terms of rushing and always in the bottom five in terms of passing, so that's not super surprising. And then they say, oh, he can't run a pro-style offense, ignoring that he did just that at Louisville when he was in college. So I think even if he doesn't come to the Jets, but just in general, let's assume he stays in Baltimore, I want to see what he does with a different coordinator, someone who runs a more pro-style offense. And then you have the other side where it's like, oh, it's a no-brainer. you got to bring him in, former MVP, I don't care about giving up the, what, two, three first-round picks for him, the $240 million guaranteed, and oh, by the way, he's missed time. Like, to those people who say, oh, there, there's no risk, it's obvious, you have to go in. Well, no, you can have a legitimate conversation. I think you can make points and reasonable ones on each side of the aisle here. But let's let's talk through it rather than just know Lamar sucks, which isn't true. And Lamar is amazing. He's a top five quarterback. You have to do it. Well, it's more of a nuanced conversation. Unfortunately, in comment sections on social media, there isn't very nuanced conversation. It's I'm right, you're wrong, you suck, which (laughs) can be fun and funny at times, but it doesn't lead to good discussion. I try my very best. I'm not always the best at it, but I try my very best to really look at both sides of the equation and see, like, okay, can we figure out what side is there one way that leans better with that one? And with Lamar, I think you can make a strong case on either side. Um, but don't worry if you are a Lamar hater. It, it very much so feels like he is sticking in Baltimore right now. Things change very quickly in the NFL. So who knows? Maybe in two weeks he's going to be uh, everyone's favorite target for the New York Jets again. As for the playoffs, 
Loved it. Uh, the divisional round playoffs are my absolute favorite weekend uh, in the NFL. The wild card weekend, yeah, there's more games now that they added the the extra teams, and now there's what five games of wild card weekend, and just four in the divisional round. That that divisional round one is is awesome. Uh, so San Francisco advances over the Dallas Cowboys. That was uh, a tighter game than I expected it to be. But how about that final play? There from uh, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy having Ezekiel Elliott line up at center. Just so bizarre. <laughs> Just so weird. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Sorry, Cowboys fans. But the 49ers, man, that defense is stellar. They are a stellar, stellar defense. And Brock Purdy is doing enough. Is he doing anything spectacular? No, it's not in the. You know, the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen category or Hurts, even you got to throw Jalen in there category of, you know, electric quarterback play. But he's doing enough to keep him in games and and win games. They've been on an unbelievable streak. As for the Eagles, they blow the doors off the Giants, which is uh, obviously a big story here in New York. And as as, you know, a Jet fan, it's not that you're rooting for the Giants, but what I think you can pin from the, the contrast, I guess, of the two seasons between the Jets and the Giants. Giants weren't supposed to be there. Their roster really isn't that great. There are a lot of holes on that roster. But they are well run. Joe Shane and Brian Dable did a phenomenal job early with that team. And they made the playoffs in year one. Now... Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are going into year five and year three. I don't think it's asking a lot, and we've talked about it you know, at nauseum for the last month or so really on this show. It's really not asking a lot to say, hey, you, you guys got to make the playoffs next year. It's time. It's overdue. It's time. Or even on the opposite side, look in the AFC. The Bengals, they were the worst team in the NFL two, three years ago. They're the worst team in the NFL. In the Super Bowl last year and in the AFC Championship game this year. Figure out quarterback and win games. Make the playoffs. You don't need, ten, there's no 10 year rebuilds in the NFL anymore. It should take a couple of years. And again, it's not an anti Joe Douglas or Robert Salah stance. I genuinely like both of those guys and I do think they are the answer. And I do think they make the playoffs next year. But that's what the expectation should be. And if you go eight and nine next year and you win one extra game, and you miss out on the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry that I don't. At that point, I can't then look back at the 2022 draft class and be like, oh well, you know, Joe Douglas had that really nice draft class and you know got a haul for Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold, so he has a job for life. And you know, Robert Salas, you know, said some really cool things, and the players like him. He has a job for life. No, you have to see results. You got to eventually see the results. And how about Cincinnati? Going on the road in Buffalo to beat that Buffalo Bills team who's not got knocked out in the divisional round for the second year in a row. Knocked out by KC twice and then now uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I've seen some calling the, the Bills fraudulent, um, which I think is a little bit of a stretch, but I do kind of like the, the talking heads turning against Buffalo because... Josh Allen and the Bills have kind of been their darling for so long. They're a really good football team. I don't think you could discredit them, 
but they do have some things that they need to fix, specifically the run game. I, I think they rely on Josh Allen's arm way, way, way too much. And still, that's a that's a solid defense. It's a good defense, but they could be beat. They can. And the Jets hung with them twice this year. They beat them once with Zach Wilson and was in the game all the way to the end with Mike White playing injured and Joe Flacco fumbling on one of his two and a half snaps that he took in the game. So I like the AFC East up for grabs argument. I think Buffalo is still going to be there. They, you know, they won 13 games this year. They went 13 and three, 11 and six, 13 and three the last three years. I'd imagine that they're going to be 11, 12, 13 win team. It's just about is another team in that division going to take that next step? And if the Jets get that quarterback, if they get Rodgers, if they get Lamar, if they get Carr, can they also be in that 11 or 12 win conversation? And guess what? Maybe you can win a division. So I'm excited for the final, uh, I was going to say four games, but it's two games, four teams. The Eagles and the 49ers and the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. My lean, my early lean, I've been on the 49ers that you know before the playoffs started, they were my pick to come out of the uh the NFC. But the Eagles are healthy and clicking right now. So early feel I feel like it's going to be the Bengals and the and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Those two teams, man. Joe Burrow is playing with a moxie. They are incredibly hot right now. They are clicking. Their defense comes alive in the playoffs for whatever reason, too. And the Eagles, man. But those two games, I think, should be stellar. And if you want to get in on the action and do some gambling on those two games coming up this week, you can on BUSR, the official sportsbook of Matt O'Leary NY. Sign up using my link, busr.com slash Matt, and receive a 150% Match deposit bonus for new users. You sign up, you deposit your money. They give you 150% on top of that, and you can get in on the action. They have great odds, easy to work with. You get your payouts right away. Um, check it out. They're the official sports book of Matt O'Leary NY. That's where I will be doing my gambling on the conference championship round. So with that, let's get into your voicemails. First up, we're going to go out to Jerry calling in from Brooklyn. He wants to talk about... Kurt Warner and potentially adding him to the staff. This is Jerry calling from Brooklyn, New York. What's up, man? Hope you're doing okay and enjoying the off season. Question is why not consider Kurt Warner as either the quarterback's coach, the quarterback's guru, whatever you want to call him. The guy does a real good job of breaking down uh, plays. He did a real good job of breaking down some of the issues that Zach Wilson was facing. So why not bring somebody with that kind of experience, man is a champion, uh, you know, and bring him in and, and help him to mold or, or, uh, I guess help Zach reach his potential. Just a thought. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And I, uh, Kurt Warner as a quarterback, loved him. Absolutely loved him. Uh, 
he was he was great, and he got a late start in his career too. Obviously, everyone knows his story, uh, where he was like bagging groceries and then wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. Just you know, not that long after. But man, he put up some monster numbers. The you know that's right when I was getting into football in the early two thousands, and just those the greatest show on turf teams were just unbelievable. MVP in ninety nine, MVP in oh one. Threw 41 touchdowns in 1999, 4,300 yards. He led the league with 4,800 yards in 2001 when nobody was throwing for that many yards. Like today, that's a nice season. That's, you know, that's solid, but I mean, that's solid, but it's not, you know, anything staggering, I guess. It's not going to be like, oh my God, because we've seen guys go for over 5,000 yards now. But to put it in perspective, Peyton Manning was second in the league with 4,131. So he had the most yards by 700 passing yards. It was awesome. He was unbelievable. I like Kurt Warner, and if he would want to be the quarterback coach, great. I don't know if he would want to leave his TV job. Right? Like, I feel like that is such a... Not that TV is easy, but it's not the same kind of demand that being a positional coach takes. And maybe he misses it. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he misses being on the field and being involved, and maybe he does want to leave TV and get into coaching. I'd be for it. I really would. Small school guy, right? Where did he go? Uh, Northern Iowa. He's from Iowa. You know? Had to go to play with the Iowa Barnstormers in the indoor football league from 95 to 97, the Amsterdam Admirals. And then comes back with the Rams and is a two-time MVP and wins a Super Bowl. I like Warner. I'm not sold that he would want to do the job. If he does, if you're telling me he does, then yeah, hell yeah. I trust him a hell of a lot more than Rob Calabrese, wouldn't you? He's done it at the pro level. And you know what? He reinvented his career. Because think about it with Kurt Warner. And that's obviously what Zach Wilson's going to have to do if he wants to salvage this career. He last started as a you know full-time starter in 2001, then was kind of hurt and really ineffective in 2002. Um, and then 2003 with uh, St. Louis. Then he goes to the Giants, starts nine games with the Giants. Is okay, but, you know, not really. They, they, had, they draft Eli. They eventually want to turn it over to Eli. Then he goes to Arizona as like a spot starter for two years and uh, twenty and two thousand five starts ten games. It's okay. Then starts five games in two thousand six. Is like also like kind of just okay. Then has to go up. He starts eleven games in two thousand seven. He's splitting time with Matt Leinard, right? I'm pretty sure they drafted Matt Leinard in 06. So he kind of splits time in 06 and 07. But in two thousand eight, he goes back to being the full time starter. Forty five hundred yards, thirty touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Two thousand nine. Starts 15 games, 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns in the divisional round, I believe. They lost to the Vikings, maybe the Saints. What happened? Oh, yeah, they beat the, in 2009, they beat the Packers in that wild game. That was Aaron Rodgers' first playoff game, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'd imagine so, 2009. 51-45 game, the overtime game, and then they got blown out by the Saints 45-14 in the divisional round. And I think he got hurt in that game. I feel like I remember him taking a big hit. Yeah, Matt Leinard 
had to took uh what seven ten snaps something like that so my memory i think my memory is correct there but yeah love going down the memory lane with kurt warner love it if he wants to yeah i would be all about it let's go to steven calling in he he has he wants no part of lamar jackson all right how come let's get into it matt o'leary enjoy your podcast enjoy your shows thank you uh you do an excellent job i want to tell you one thing my name is steven brady Long-time Jeff fan, diehard, since Todd got drafted, I do not want Lamar Jackson on the New York Jets. No good, no good, no good. And you, one thing of criticism about your show is okay. you didn't show one love to help Joe Klecko try to get into the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. You, certain things about your show, you got to eat up a little bit, but hopefully you correct it, and let's go Jets. Okay. Well, I don't know where to start. If we want to go Lamar or Klecko, I guess we'll work our way backwards with, with Klecko. Okay. So, it wanted me to do a Joe Klecko video to try to make a case for him to be in the Hall of Fame. I do think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I've tweeted about Joe Klecko I, on August 17th was when, of this year is when it was announced that he was one of the nominees for the, uh, what do they call it, the, the senior player nominations. I said, looks like Klecko got the Hall of Fame nomination. Long overdue would be an understatement. Now, I, I'm not familiar. Stephen, if you, re- if you know how the Hall of Fame process works of how these guys get in, but there is a um, a committee, all writers and ex-players and you know everyone, and all guys, players who were involved in the league, and they all sit around at a big table and they vote on these things. I'm not sure what a, a Jets YouTuber is going to be able to do to convince them to put Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame. And also, I didn't see him play. That's not to say that I don't know the numbers and don't know his legacy. 20 and a half sacks in 1981. He retired seven years before I was born. So I don't have that same emotional connection to him. Then probably you do. Cause you said you have been a fan since the Richard Todd days. So that's right around that same era. And I get it, but I don't have, I, don't have that because that's not when I grew up. I have that attachment to Kevin Mawai and Curtis Martin and Nick Mangold and DeBricka Shaw Ferguson, guys like that, because that's who I grew up around and grew up with. Wayne Corbett, Chad Pennington, Revis, even though that was more my teen years. And Greenbean covered it. It's not like none of us did, but guess what? Greenbean saw him play. So I would I would watch what Greenbean has to say about it because one he has that emotional connection because he's watched him play he's a big Klecko guy and I myself Ryan Jake Asman Richie Buffalo Jet fan we weren't old enough to watch him I don't know what you want us to do I I, I don't I don't know maybe next week I could do a Joe Namath video and talk about how he's underrated uh, as for Lamar Jackson didn't give me a reason. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show some reason, potential reasons why you might not 
want to like him or not want to acquire him. The So I'll make the argument for you, I guess. The cost of giving up the picks is scary. I'd imagine that, giving up multiple first-round picks for him. The injury history over the last couple of years also has to come into factor. And the cost, what you'd have to pay him. The argument that he can't win in the playoffs, I think, is a little bit overblown. Wins and losses is my least favorite quarterback stat. It's the same argument that people were using with Zach Wilson and why Zach Wilson needs to play. It's silly. But, all right, I'll take notes. I'll fix up the show for Steven calling in from New York. Nikki from New Jersey is up next. He wants to talk about the defense, and he has a problem with the defense. Okay, let's hear him out. Hey, Matt, this is Mickey from New Jersey. I know everybody's going to call about QB or coordinator, so I'm going to mix it up. Sure. And at first, everyone's going to think I'm crazy or an idiot, but I think people will agree with me at the end of this. I'm going to say I think our defense isn't coached well, and I understand we're a top-five defense on paper, but we could be so much better. For starters, why does Bryce Huff get like six, snaps a game. They say it's because his run defense is bad. Everybody who listens to this show is a diehard fan, watches every game. Can you name one play where you've seen Bryce Huff be a liability? Next up, we got Jermaine Johnson. I think his playing time, everybody doesn't think about it because we had so many early picks. We had two other first-round picks, an early second-round pick. But he's another one, not on the field. Imagine if we were like normal teams who had one pick and we played Jermaine Johnson the amount we did this season. That would be ridiculous. People would be livid with that decision. Also, I'm going to say you have Quinn Williams, who is arguably the best defensive tackle in the league, not named Aaron Donald. He demands a double team, basically. And now, statistically, you have Bryce Huff, who is one of the best edge rushers when you look at the stats. Now you got Sauce Gardner, who's arguably the best corner in the league. DJ Reed got snubbed at Pro Bowl. So if you have Quinnen on a double team, Bryce Huff, who could get after it, we have to send more blitzes. Imagine if we started sending Quincy Williams on blitzes multiple plays, how many picks Sauce and DJ Reed would get. I think people don't realize, like, this defense could be way better. I feel like it's the coaching holding us back. I'm not calling for Salah's head. He deserves to be the coach this year, just from where we were to where we are. But I'm not confident in Salah. I hope he uh, steps it up this year. And um, I always think about the only, I'm 30 years old, the only coach I remember being good that made players better is Rex Ryan. And I think about what this defense would be if we had Rex Ryan as a coach. I'm not saying I need Rex to be a coach, but start looking at Sala and analyzing that. I mean, I know this isn't going to go over well because uh, the stats were top five. Okay, he gets cut off there, but I think I understand the point that he's trying to make. 
the rotate the defensive line rotation i think is a fair um a fair criticism i don't always agree with it i think too often they have their b team guys in there now when you look at it there's a strong possibility that they move on from Carl Lawson this year. And if they do that, I would believe that it opens up more opportunities for Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff. I agree. I don't think Bryce Huff is, you know, quote unquote bad enough in the run game where it would deter me from putting him out there uh, because of just how skilled he is as a pass rusher. I think it would be worth it. Jermaine Johnson, I think eventually will get more playing time. Edge rushers usually come on slow to begin with. Um, I think he was fine and was very good against the run and showed some moments this year. I think he'll have a bigger role. But does does he and Ulbricht, do they not get credit for uh, Sauce Gardner coming in and being good? Or uh, Quinnen Williams finally taking that step? Because Quinnen was not the same player um, than he was under Adam Gase and Greg, uh, Greg Williams. So they get credit for that? Or is that just Williams... Uh, developing, which you can make that argument that it just takes these guys time, which is fine. But um, I would ar- I would argue that the linebacker core, like being able to get the most out of Quan Alexander and Quincy Williams. I mean, Quincy Williams was a nobody. They scooped him up off the practice squad and he turned him into a fine linebacker. So I get it. I understand the point you're trying to make, and I do think that they can improve, and there are some things with their coaching that does bother me, the rotation, one of them, but that's pretty low on my list of concerns, all things considered. And Rex was a player's coach, and he did get a lot out of his guys. His problem was he was he's kind of stubborn to a fault, and a lot of these guys are stubborn to a fault, where they don't ever want to change, and Rex kept trying to blitz like crazy later in his career, and he didn't have Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie at corner anymore, and it wasn't working. It didn't work. And I think the NFL, to an extent, kind of passed his defense by. He was a great coordinator and I think a pretty good head coach to start off. And his defense was so successful in you know the early to mid-2000s and early 2010s, but the reason why it fell apart was you know the league changed so it's all about how you can adjust and i don't think he did a good job of adjusting with the changes of the league but overall i i understand the argument you're trying to make and uh you know you did give the caveat like you know it's not going to go over well and i don't i don't hate the argument i don't agree with all of it i do agree with some of the points that you're trying to make but uh i i think you'll see those edge rushers specifically that you mentioned be able to get more reps in 2023 let's close out we're going to go to liam calling in from staten island wants to talk about the quarterbacks and quarterback personality okay hey matt it's liam from staten island so the question i wanted to go over today so i've been seeing all the reports about quarterbacks who we should go with who we shouldn't go with tier lists ranks everything's about starting quarterbacks for next year and the metrics that people always use for determining you know who we're going to go with is always stats. It's always who has the better stats, who's done more, who's done this. I wanted to look at it a little differently today. I wanted to see what do you think, if you had to like rate some of the top quarterbacks based on their personalities, their attributes, just the way they are as people, because there's a lot of issues I have with someone maybe like Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets 
I think Aaron Rodgers would be happy if we didn't make the playoffs, but he won NFL MVP again. He, he's already won his Super Bowl. He doesn't need to win another. Tom Brady's the same way. He's already won a bunch. There's really no desire, that drive to win. But then when you look at a guy like Derek Carr, who's been playing for over a decade and has not even come close, he's going to have that, that drive, that passion to want to win it all. Same goes for Lamar in a different way. I think he's a little expensive, but if we got him, I think he would have that, that fire under his ass to just win. You know, he'd have the team around him now to do it. It would give that motivation. So I want to know your thoughts. What do you think on some of the different guys? You can go Garoppolo. You can go, you know, Rogers, Brady, you know, all of the different options. Just give me your ratings on who you think would be best to fit for not only a New York football team with our media and this and that, but just where this team is at right now. A lot of rookies. Who do you think would be the best fit personality-wise? Okay. This is an interesting one because obviously we just look at, and not all the time, but you know the stats and how these guys are and where they rank, all, all those things, and put more stock into that than personality. So let's start with Rod. We're going to work our way up to down, I guess, or with older going to younger. But with Rodgers, kind of a douche. like It just kind of comes off that way. He doesn't have a ton left to play for at this point anymore in his career, right? He won a Super Bowl. It'd be nice for him to get a second one, though. Kind of like, you know, Peyton Manning got that second one with his his other team when he went to Denver. So that would be good. But supposedly, he has a pretty good relationship with Zach Wilson. Like they talked over the offseason. There was the story, and Ian Rappaport confirmed it on the Pat McAfee show where Aaron Rodgers called him and they were talking and he's like, where, where are you right now? It was like six o'clock on a Friday and Zach Wilson was at the facility working. He's like, dude, get like, get out of there. You're going to drive yourself nuts, which go figure. That's almost exactly what happened with Zach. I think he got way too in his head, probably from pressing. And you know, that's why you see him skipping screen passes and all that stuff. It's mental. So, while Rodgers at times comes across as uh, kind of kind of a dick and uh, unlikable in some ways, you can't deny the talent level, number one, and you also can't deny that he does have a relationship with Zach Wilson. Maybe that would help him. So that's intriguing. Brady, man, he's won a lot too, but that guy, I think all that guy cares about is winning. He gave up pretty much on his marriage to come back and play for Todd Bowles and go 8-9 and nine and get bounced in the wildcard game. That's how bad he wanted to play. I don't think he would come to the Jets, but if he did, he'd be motivated as hell to go up against Bill Belichick twice a year. But I just don't see him doing it. I don't think he would do it. Derek Carr and Lamar are kind of put in that same boat. They have a lot of pressure to win, finally, in their career. And Lamar's a little bit younger. He's 26 as opposed to Carr, who's 31, I believe. But both of the narratives with them are uh, they can't, you know, they don't win in the playoffs. Um, so I think both of those guys would like to change that. So I kind of roped them in together there. And, and Jimmy G, he wins a lot. When he plays, he wins. Is he as good as any of the four guys I listed off in front of him, whether it be Carr, Lamar, Brady, or Rodgers? No, he isn't. But he's a well-liked guy, works hard, seems like a good, you know, good personality. His problem, his biggest problem, he can't stay on the field. He misses so much time. 
So if you were to bring in Jimmy G and now with Mike LaFleur gone, I feel like Jimmy G isn't as high up on their list anymore. You would have to bring back Mike White or some other like spot starter type who you'd feel okay with who can come in and play if Jimmy went down. But is there a world where you could see Aaron taking Zach under his wing a little bit? Yeah. Now, does that mean that Zach is going to turn into anything because of that? Who knows? You have no idea. It hasn't looked good through two years. But I can see that. With Carr and Lamar, I mean, Lamar is just so different. I don't know if he would be able to show Zach anything. I guess the preparation, just what they do. Carr, yeah, probably. Brady, work ethic-wise, but it's not like he Zach doesn't have the work ethic. That's not his problem, but... Maybe just sitting and watching would be a good thing for him. So I like that. That was a thinker. That was a good one to close out with, Liam. So that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Jets. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show, whether it be on YouTube or uh, social, not social. Well, I'll get to social media in a second, but in audio form on Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, We're on social media, Just Jets Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm Matt O'Leary NY on social media. Thank you so much for supporting means the most. I am Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time, baby.